0: This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doulaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doulaban a call at 1-855-385-4226, or visit their website at com slash Tesla. Here we go, here we go,
1: here we go now.
0: Here we go now, here we go now. Welcome back to the Tesla Owners Online Podcast. It's another episode. It's, uh, what is today, anyways? It's uh, February 19th. Right on, Day. 17- Yeah, February 19th. Look at that. Um, Just want to say welcome to everybody. I know we've been a little bit um, absent for the last couple of weeks. We were on vacation last week. Decided to take a, uh, a week off. But here we are. Got lots of Tesla news. And we will get to viewer, listener, and questions a little bit later in the show. By the way... If you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining. We hope you enjoy it. I know that uh, sometimes giving us some of your time is uh, valuable, so we certainly appreciate it. If you ever want to send in questions for us to answer on the show, just follow my Twitter account. That's Model 3 Owners. That's the short tag. Or you can search for Tesla Owners online, and I publish a a Google form where you can submit the questions during the day so that we'll answer those later on. Joining me this evening is Mr. Eric Camacho in this square. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you today? Excellent. And down below is our good friend Raj, coming in from California. How are you, Raj? Hey, guys. Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us this evening uh, to talk about all things Tesla. Now, later on in the show, we're hoping, if all things go well, um, our good friend Ian Pavelko will be dialing in from his... Well, he's, he's on the road right now, so he's going to dial in whenever he can, and uh, we'll have a chat with him when he gets in. So without having much more ado about that let's jump in we got some tesla news to cover here so in case you hadn't noticed uh if you have a standard range or a standard range plus model 3 guess what you have a new upgrade in your upgrade tab or in your tesla account you can now purchase or activate for 300 dollars us the rear heated seats on your car because or the toasty buns mode (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, if you leave in a if you live in a colder climate, it can come in handy for passengers. I don't have a lot of passengers in my car, but uh, yeah, for the lots, lot of us um, that need that. Now, Raj, I remember you you took the you took the rear seat out of your car. Yeah. Um because you had a Gen 1 seat and you went to the Gen 2 seat, right? Yep. Okay.
2: And two connectors on both sides? Two connectors on both sides, plug it in, test it out. It's good yeah. to go. All the seats okay. have the uh the rear seat heaters. And. Yeah, I
0: think for efficiency reasons, Tesla, during the manufacturing process, have just decided, you know what, let's just put all the same stuff in the car. Well, mostly, because there are some things that are missing out of the standard range plus, and um, we'll just do the software as a service thing, because this is a discussion that uh, seems to come up once in a while, um, that Tesla is certainly adding more features as they go. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some other things for these cars that they'll do. I mean, The first thing that they're charging for now is the, is the data plan now for people. And uh, now we've seen this. We did the uh, the $2,000 performance upgrade just recently. Yeah. So I'm sure they have some other things up their sleeve. So yeah, software, software as a service thing is a, is a, is a big thing. Um, so yeah, look for that. If, if that's something that's of interest to you, you can go into your account and you can upgrade your car if you have
2: that. And just a fun um, fact on that is that mm-hmm. none of the cars, when Model 3 first came out, the rear seats weren't heated either. So, it actually, was like that's true. second or third software update? Um, I think uh, Trevor, you covered that in my video. <laughs> the uh, The rear seats were were activated via software update.
0: That's true. There were many things that were activated later on the software. <laughs> when when I first saw the Model Three, this was uh, September of twenty seventeen. Yeah, September twenty seventeen. Um, the software was really rough. Um, yeah. For those of you who've been around a long time, watch some of my videos. Ken and I did a video where we had early access to like a sub two hundred and sixty VIN car, and we went over every inch of that car. And one of the things we didn't show in the video was how buggy the software was. Let's put it that way. A lot of stuff has changed since then. I mean, it's a lot better now. But back in the yeah. day, I mean, the, the computer was crashing all the time, and I think that's one of the reasons Tesla said, "Please don't show the car." <laughs> but anyways we didn't put it in the video but it is what it is all right moving on uh tesla has made a uh a change (coughs) via a technical note i'll bring up the technical note so some of you guys can see it here uh there's a policy change regarding supercharging or fast charging on salvage cars um if you guys are fans of the Uh, rich rebuilds video he just did a video on this recovered a lot of this stuff so i'm not going to rehash everything he said but i will go in some of the the um, some of the data points so tesla basically says in this technical note and uh, by the way the links to everything we talk about tonight will be in the podcast yep links down below Um, if you're listening it'll be in the show notes of course but uh, if you want to see us talk and stuff you can go to the youtube channel after the fact anyway So Tesla says that they do not recommend purchasing a Tesla that has a salvage title. Later on in the technical note, they say Tesla uses the following resources to confirm whether or not a vehicle has been classified as salvaged. Government or regulatory agencies, Tesla-approved body shops, uh, results of other internal investigations, independent vehicle uh, history agencies, for example, Carfax. And look at this. Internet forums and vehicle auction sites. Hmm. I wonder what kind of forums they're watching. Uh, later Reddit? on, they go. Uh, well, yeah, well, no, Reddit, Reddit too, sure, whatever. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time there, but anyway, they go on to say a little bit later on the technico, uh in the technical note that once a vehicle is marked as being unsupported or having a salvage title, supercharging and or fast charging through third party chargers is permanently disabled. They say that Tesla reserves the right to deactivate supercharging capability on any vehicle we be uh, we believe uh, would be unsafe. A vehicle is mm-hmm. found to have been modified to enable supercharging and or fast charging through third party chargers. Meaning, if the car has be- been <clears throat> reactivated, Tesla may take legal action and seek compensation. Contact Tesla business resolutions for the appropriate region if you learn of modifications that would enable supercharging or fast charging through third-party chargers or uh, by an unsupported vehicle. So essentially what Tesla is doing here is that they have a little snitch program of sorts through... yeah, through these uh, venues here, like government agencies, their own body shops. Really? And, I see nothing wrong phones. with
1: it. I, I think it's actually a smart move in their part to do that. I mean, if you have a salvage vehicle and you plug it into a supercharger, all of a sudden something catches on fire, it's short, something bad happens. That's Absolutely. a liability problem for a lot of people. Tesla's like, we want no part of this. Yep. So they're going to disable they're it. They're
0: protecting themselves. They're protecting the customer. But yeah. you have some people that are like, well, I should have a right to repair
1: and do my own things. I own the car. Why are you disabling this? But I mean when but like in certain states when you salvage when you have a salvage title you know that's that's a very big problem like here in Florida the way we manage vehicles that are salvaged is different than it is in some other states but ideally if you have a title like if you if I get a rebuilt title here in Florida you can do that but registration for the car is going to be different the costs are different the applications are different um you know what legal rights you have are going to be a little bit different because of that um and ideally if I had a Tesla that was totaled an accident, say airbags deployed, the car got totaled, but someone goes to a, a salvage yard, takes the vehicle and decides to rebuild it or whatever else. Yeah. I can understand the person saying, right, you maybe rebuilt it. Maybe you had someone help you rebuild it. But ideally that car is not as safe as the car was before the accident. So Tesla's is going to say, we're not going to lie to you re- supercharging. I don't see anything wrong with that. It might bother the person who goes, well, hey, that's not fair to me. I said, right, but you're choosing to get a salvage vehicle that I, most people would be like, I don't want a salvaged car. Like, if you I got to I tell, if I, if I, if I buy a used car and I found out that's got a rebuilt title, I'm not buying that car because it means it's been in a really, really bad accident before <laughs> to the point where it's not drivable and sometimes I'm going to fix it for a lot less than buying a new car. I'm not going to buy it off of them no matter what, how conditioned the car is in.
0: Yeah. Well, there is a burgeoning industry of people trying to get into business. Matter of fact, I heard from Mm -hmm. some guy uh, today in Canada who's trying to do the Rich Rebuilds thing himself and starting up a business doing minor repairs. Um, I mean, these are still early days um, in a lot of ways with the Tesla thing because, um, I mean, you can't just bring your car to any dealer to get the battery pack looked after. I mean, we're talking 350 to 450, 400 volts. That'll kill somebody if you're not careful. So obviously... I mean, the user batteries, uh, or the batteries in the Teslas, <clears throat> for the average person, are non-user serviceable. You, you can't go in there and, and mess around. Uh, yes, there's a there's an industry of people pulling out the modules, especially the S's and the X's, because they're a little bit easier to uh, to deal with with the modules in that case. But, um, yeah, no, I understand Tesla's uh, position on this. But, again, you know, you're going to have some people who are like, well, why are you taking away services? So anyways, just wanted to said uh, to let everybody know that there's been a change. So if you're one of those people that are looking on, uh, what Copart or these Carfax places, and you're looking at, pur- uh, purchasing one of these cars that, uh, Tesla looking at disabling supercharging on those, on those vehicles. And if you re-enable it, you could be in a big pickle. So anyways, a little bit of an FYI. All right. Some other news, uh, model S and X got an, uh, an EPA range boost. Look at this. Ta da! Model S. Oh, sorry, you can't see it on my screen here. Maybe I can zoom in a little bit. Anyways, 390 miles on the Model S, and the Model X is now rated at 351 miles. Now, these changes come uh, because Tesla was sandbagging the EPA range a little bit on these cars, and we're talking about the new cars. Sandbagging, what's wrong with that? I'm
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm, sarcastic. You're thinking about something else, Eric. Please. You sandbagging (laughs) son of a bitch. Is she still in the house? Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Family show. Uh, I have to put that tag on there. Anyway, so Elon did take to Twitter because somebody, and I don't have a link here in front of me. Um, but someone had asked, you know, look, we're so close to 400 miles. Like what's the deal? Um, Elon basically responded. It it would be possible to get to 400 miles with improved, uh, wheels and tires for all previously made cars. Now keep that with a grain of salt. When he's saying previously made cars, he's talking about the current generation, which is basically the Ravens. So don't
2: think that you have a 2013 model S and you can get 400 mile range because you can't get a battery pack for those. Do you think though that, so with the Ravens are the ones that are, the Raven S's are the ones that are almost hitting the 400 now. Yep. And then they would essentially hit that 400 with the upgraded wheels. But I took it a little bit differently. I took it that the wheels would help improve efficiency. So let's say in this case, what are we talking uh, What is it? 394? 3- 390 for the Model S. 3- and 350 and 351. 351. 351 so you're essentially 6. looking at wheels that would give you 10 more miles uh, of efficiency. And ideally, like, couldn't those wheels be put on an older Model S to essentially give 10 miles? That's the way I took it as. I took it like the new ones. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I would think that's possible. The thing is with, with Tesla wheels is that they're not generally light. They're pretty heavy. Yeah. So if you go aftermarket wheels, we all know this. If you get aftermarket wheels that are lighter... That's a lot of inertial mass that you're losing, so it's it, it's better for efficiency. Yeah. Um, the EV one wheels that were you know that Ian and I had tested and stuff, they're just as efficient as the um, as the Aero wheels that Tesla puts out, and they're lighter, so yeah. you get some efficiency um, improvements that way. So
2: the thing that
1: I have with all of this, and it really comes down to this very simple fact, it's just a selling point. It's just a, it's like how great is it yeah. an electric car that a few years ago could barely crack a hundred miles, and now we have electric cars that maybe are approaching four hundred. Tesla owners don't drive the full distance their car can actually go without stopping the charge somewhere along the way. You're not going to try to test it out going, let me start with 100% in my garage and see how far I can go before I get damn near zero. Like, no, you're not f- driving 310, 350, 390. Like, you're not going to do that. So ideally, it's just more of the advancement of technology and how far yeah. the cars have come in the few years that Tesla's been around. More than anything else. If you were to offer me a Model S with either 360 or 390, to me, the number's not that significant to make a huge difference. Am I going to be able to do, handle my daily trips on either car? Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't mm-hmm. to me to me it's just more of where the technology's been more than anything else.
0: It's it's just a way of removing the objections for the people that say, "Well, I'd never buy an electric car unless I can charge in five seconds. I could do 2,000 miles on a charge." Right. Well, like that's completely and utterly unrealistic right. for most people. But they just got it in their minds that that's the
1: way it is, right? If you, oh, if, you, if you can make a Model S with the weight of say like a, a, a Kia or a Toyota, that car could go 500 miles. Like yeah. the 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 weight makes a big difference in that car. Yeah. Four thousand. Well, so, so, so does car. speed. Yeah, that, of course. A
0: Model S will do way more than 390 miles if you only drive through 30 miles an hour yeah, for hypermiling. It yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. So, anyways. Very true. Anyways, it's nice to see these improvements. It does mm-hmm. help. And, uh, you know, with further advancements in battery technology that is surely coming this year, will easily break the 400 mile mark. Um, rumblings that I've been hearing, um, Model S will probably be in the vicinity of about 450 miles with a
2: new battery. So, we'll see. Amazing.
0: Yeah, getting there. All right. Um, Tesla is now including third-party charging stations in car navigation for some people in Europe. This uh, article comes via our friends at Tesmanian. Guys should check out their blog. They got some really good stuff. Anyways, um, so Tesla reached out to a, a user and read out this, um, I'm just gonna read out the part that they sent. Uh, they said that during the spring break, we changed your navigation to show more charging options in Belgium Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. Select the charging icon at the bottom of your touchscreen. Scroll down and choose a supercharger, target charger, or public charger to add to your route. Public chargers have different access requirements. You may need to download an app such as PlugShare or Plug Surfing, sorry, um, and then create an account to use the charger. This uh, functionality will be implemented in future software updates, and will be um, and will and we will continuously add new chargers i think this is awesome i i think they should bring this i mean yeah i do have the plug share app on my phone and it's nice to see the destination chargers in the tesla but having the public chargers on there would be really really nice so i'm looking forward to this i hope they bring it to north america in due time the fact that they're doing that they're doing it now for europe for these particular countries leads me to believe that this is this is actually going to hit us eventually too so all right um another piece of news here i have uh, one of my twitter followers reached out to me and uh neil patel and unfortunately i can't seem to Let me if i can bring my screen down a little bit you guys can read this i don't know i'm trying to put it on my screen here anyways he uh he hit me up and he says hot tip from the tesla bloke at cias that's the canadian international auto show he drove the model y test vehicle and it has USB-C ports for the rear connections he's talking for the passengers in the back so a little tidbit there can't confirm it won't deny it either but uh, for those of you who weren't wondering about that that's a possible change so anyways hopefully um, maybe sometime next month or the next month and a half or something when we get our hands on a Model Y we'll be able to confirm that again they're just talking about the USB ports for the passengers uh, behind the center console not necessarily front so who knows anyways a little bit of intel for you if you're curious um. All right, another bit of information. A trip labeling could be coming to Tesla soon. Our good friend, Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut, went, took to Twitter and asked Elon, he says, small but easy feature requests. I'd love the option to label every trip as work or personal right there on the screen when you put the car in park, doing it uh, right when parking and not using a phone app would be amazing. Uh, please let us download something like a comma separated value file or something like that, Elon said. Okay. So add that to another list of things. That would be pretty cool. That's, um, that would be pretty awesome, being able to categorize some of our trips. Um, you guys do that once in a while? I, I mean, I do you use the favorites function
2: at all? I use the favorites mm-hmm. just for additional addresses outside of home and work. But, um, but I, I, I would look at this as being very useful for, you know, someone who's, you know, I mean, uh, Trevor, you, you would probably use this because you used to drive a lot for work. Right. So just being able to not so much that.
0: anymore, but,
2: <laughs> but I mean, like even for like expenses and things like that, right. Just oh yeah. Be, you know, here you go. Yeah. Here's the mileage. Yeah.
0: yeah. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, like I said, looking forward to that, if it actually does come, um, the next article we have, well, it's not an article. It's actually a tweet comes from a good friend, Ryan McCaffrey. Um, he would, uh, jumped into a conversation that they were having, uh, with Elon about the Plaid model S And uh, he said he said the uh, Plaid S is probably going to hit 500 miles of range unless you can actually drive it like it's got Plaid mode. (laughs) Um, As Elon has already stated, that we'll have a battery pack larger than 100 kilowatt hours. That's my guess, at least. Elon said there uh, there's a tough performance versus range trade-off. Plaid has absurd performance while holding range roughly constant. This car's going to have legs, man. I'm looking forward to seeing wow. what what they're going to be able to do with this. Uh, you know, Model S, as nice as it is, um, I mean, a lot of people are waiting for this ultimate refresh, so to speak. The Plaid is obviously the car that's, in my opinion, the car is really going to get all of the new stuff, new yeah. battery pack, tri-motor setup, ultimately an interior refresh. That's, you know, most people really want something like that. Uh, in my opinion, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Yeah. That's the time to do it later the summer, early, early fall. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that we really give that car, um, you know, some legs to keep going. What it means for the Roadster down the road, because again, the plaid thing is pulled largely from the Roadster. I think, um, what was it? Ryan said, um, or, or no, it was Franz. Franz on Ryan's podcast. Remember he said the Roadster needs a little bit more time, but it's going to be better in every way. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what they improve on that car. <laughs> I think it ties in with battery right? This battery day thing that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I still wonder like where all that batteries are going, you know, like remember when we looked at the, at the die cast, right? There's no frunk. There's gotta be some batteries in there to weigh down the front. So you don't lift the car up. I mean, yeah, that that know. is
0: true. I thought that was a little bit odd about that because I mean, they're pretty faithful. Those die cast and the die cast yeah. models that Raj is talking about. It's the one-eighteenth scale ones you can buy on the Tesla shop. He and I both have one of the Roadster what's matter of fact, it's right behind me here. Um, yeah, they don't have a front trunk on yeah. that thing. So what are they? what's in there? Squirrels? Hamsters? I don't know, man. Batteries?
2: Tons <laughs> of hamsters and wheels.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so it'll be interesting what they what they do with that. Um, I, we'll talk about squeaky. batteries here in just a second, but I think there's a lot more really coming down the pike. Eric, you wanted to say something?
1: No, I was just saying you, hamsters and wheels.
3: I, squeaky,
0: squeaky, squeaky. Oh, squeaky,
1: squeaky. Okay. All right.
0: Um, right. Are we looking at cobalt-free batteries in China for the Model 3? This comes from uh, Reuters. May I bring it up for you guys. Um, Reuters has a source uh, who prefers not to be named but they're saying that Tesla is in the advanced stages of talks to use batteries from CATL and uh, that's a company called Contemporary Amperex Technology Company Limited and they are looking at using no cobalt in these batteries. Um, Cobalt is one of the most expensive metals in electric vehicle batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, these batteries will be an LFP, which is a lithium-ion phosphate. It's a little different chemistry. Uh, Tesla has been talking to the Chinese manufacturer for more than a year to supply LFP batteries. That will be cheaper than its existing batteries by a double-digit percent, um, said the person directly involved with the matter, who was not authorized to speak with media, so declined to be identified. EV manufacturers typically use cobalt, uh, nickel cobalt aluminum, or NCA, or nickel manganese cobalt, or NMC batteries. Um, you know, cobalt's one of these metals, it's a byproduct, by by the way, of, of uh, refining copper. It's one of the metals involved. Um, 50% of the cobalt production in the world comes from the Congo, and it's a little bit of a political hot potato in a lot of ways. Um... The use of LFP batteries will also help cheap, uh, elect, um, chief executive Elon Musk meet a 2018 promise that Tesla would cut the use of cobalt, which costs some uh, $33,500 a ton to, quote, almost nothing. So I thought, you know, a lot of people are wondering, well, what's the deal with cobalt? So I did a little bit of digging, and I'm not going to really get into all the science of it and stuff, but as I said, oh, cobalt wow. is a metal. I know, I know. Yeah. I'll I'll put links to everything. If you want to read about it, go crazy. But I'm just going to give you the Reader's Digest version here. So cobalt, they say, is a metal that's typically produced as a byproduct of copper and nickel mining. And Panasonic and Tesla, for its vehicles, use so-called NCA chemistry, which is nickel cobalt aluminum. Other companies use NMC, uh, NMC, which is nickel manganese cobalt. And the reason Tesla uses NCA as opposed to the other one is because the aluminum doesn't dissolve like manganese does in the electrolyte. And the reason they did that is for longevity. Tesla's all about keeping the batteries for longevity. Manganese, when you put it in the electrolyte, apparently starts to dissolve, and that leads to premature degradation. Okay? So, (laughs) I have to be careful. (laughs) Uh, um, oh, man. So that's the reason that they're doing this. Um, I don't think at the end of the day it's going to make all that much difference. The reason they use cobalt in the batteries is because, and I have to look at my notes here again.
1: Also, something to know why you're doing that like, it's a limited resource. It's, there's only so much yeah. cobalt buried in the ground in the earth. I mean, once you mine all of it, which I think Bolivia has a large mine of cobalt, um, there's a point where you just run out of it. And if we're trying to accelerate to, you know, these battery packs uh, and all kinds of different things now that are trying to go away from uh, fossil fuels to renewable energy, uh, you can't always have cobalt in your batteries because you're going to eventually run out of it. So yeah. it's good that they're seeing other solutions down the line. And I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there are scientists and labs all around the world trying to develop new solutions that don't require cobalt and some other uh, things, maybe not even using lithium uh, as an ingredient in their battery packs. But... Um, I think the more we can do to get to solar uh, without the need for a pack to store much, or at least very, very small packs at that for smaller footprints. But uh, but yeah, these are all limited resources, folks. We only have so much of it. Yeah, exactly.
0: So the reason they use small amounts of cobalt is is the cobalt apparently helps the rate of performance, the rate at which the power is delivered. About 10% of cobalt appears to be necessary to enhance the rate properties of the battery. I think it's part and partial to them, you know, getting to 250 kilowatt with V3 supercharging and stuff. So that's the reason they use cobalt. Now, I'm sure they have other chemistries and stuff that probably won't affect it quite as much, but that's the reason they've traditionally used cobalt. So obviously with new chemistries that are coming, and we have battery day coming soon, hopefully, uh, where Tesla will lay it all out and say, look, we have new batteries with XYZ. And um, anyways, I'm really looking forward to that because I think it's going to be pretty breakthrough. Our friend Sean Mitchell, who does the... um, uh, all EV, all things EV uh, YouTube channel. Um, apparently, talked to some people. He's under NDA, can't disclose what he knows. But even he is very excited about that. So, looking forward to having that. By the way, we will have Sean on the show fairly recent, uh, fairly soon. Um, he has some uh, some stuff to discuss as far as what's going on in uh, I think it was Colorado regarding some legislature stuff. So, mm-hmm. anyways, he couldn't make it tonight, but he was uh, willing to join in. All right, moving on. Um, Elon says that they will ramp the amount of service loaners at service centers when repairs take longer. This uh, comes from our friends at the uh, John at Silicon Valley Owners Club. Uh, he had asked Elon <clears throat> um, if you know if Tesla will ramp the amount of loaners for each service center, particularly when uh, high dense places like Palo Alto uh members are taking uh they're, they're saying members aren't getting loaners for work that's done on warranty uh when it takes about two weeks um elon said that they was he was going to take action on that so hopefully they'll fix that again the loaner situation you know they've been not doing as much loaner stuff as they have been yeah. uh they're doing more of the uber credits for people that need short term so i'll see
2: what i get tomorrow i'm taking the car in for uh, hardware three Oh yes, that's right. So we'll see. Did They tr-
0: tell you how long it takes. I have heard anywhere from 5 to 24 hours to do this. No, I guess it all depends on the software,
2: right? Uh, no nothing, no, <laughs> no just nothing. I actually expect tried to 24 call and, hours. Yeah, and and I, I I tried to reach out to one of the uh service guys over there but yep. didn't get a call back, so there Earl was, just
0: was... had Earl just had his done and it took 24 hours. And our friend Melinda, who's one of the four uh, moderators, had hers done, I think it was only five hours for hers. So it seems to be think, all over the map. I think it's
1: kind of prioritizing and what's on the schedule for that day, because I can't imagine it would take a long, long time, especially for Model 3s when it's... You just it's in the glove compartment. It's not it's not hard to get access to it.
0: Well, I don't think it's that. My understanding from talking to people that have had it done is that it's the software. Yeah. They have to re download the software and re image sure. it and that's the thing that sometimes it takes, sometimes it doesn't they have to redo it several times. Well, I'm not
1: using Dallow. No no <laughs> It's not the dial-up thing. I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> like, it, I can't, I can't imagine that if you're using SaaS as a as a solution now, that it's going to take you know 20 hours to do the entire thing. If it's let's say yeah. let's say it's two hours of labor, it can't be 18 hours of downloading and updating software. That, that would be ridiculous. Because if you're talking a fleet of hundreds of thousands of cars that are getting FSD at some point that would not be a logical thing they're going to do, even if they're phasing it in steps now. Like I know cars come with HW3, mm-hmm. but if you're still going to eventually use software for some of the changes, I would think it'd have to be a little bit easier than that. But again, it could, be, it could just be like who's scheduled in in the service center, who knows how to do the upgrades, how many cars are on the schedule for that day, You know what sort of appointments came up last minute, what can mobile text do? You know, I mean, it's probably a number of different conditions. Yeah. 20, 24 hours at least is their buffer. But I would suspect it probably takes closer to eight hours on average than it is the twenty-four.
0: I should yeah. reach out to a couple of my service texts that I know and see what they say.
2: Yeah, I got. I mean, I got notified, or I like, I got confirmed, uh, probably in like early February, or no, it was probably January now. Yeah, yeah, it was January. It was like early to mid-January, and I was still surprised that I got. The date was like February twentieth, and I'm like, mm-hmm. really that far out? And at that time, only a few people I knew online had had it. Like, I know Joy had gotten hers. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then it was funny because people have gotten their gotten theirs um, scheduled and delivered before I've even had mine installed. But in mm-hmm. a way, it's kind of good. Like, let's let them get used to it and, and make it faster. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we're right here at the epicenter. You should know how to do it. You've done a couple mm-hmm. by now. And it should be easier. So I love I love
1: how Rod just used two terms for California, epicenter and far out, both in <laughs> each of them, the opposite of what normally they're used for. <laughs> He's like, not even a native California. Like, like, like <laughs> like epicenter normally means a bad thing. He uses it as a good way. But when he says far out, man, it's like, damn, that's just far out. That's, <laughs> At that's least he didn't say groovy. My now.
2: kid's going to have four birthdays before this thing gets installed. Listen, um, after it gets installed, it's going to be rad.
1: I, pre- I predicted
0: a video.
2: Coming. There's another
0: one.
1: By Where the way, I, I, if- I find it funny that folks who get it, the first thing they do is put a video and go, Look, I can see cones and traffic lights. I'm like, Congratulations on spending yeah. $3,000 so you can see traffic lights <laughs> on your car's display. True enough. All like, right. get out of here with that nonsense. I get it. It's great. You pay $3,000 for traffic lights and cones, which. It was funny when when, um, when Raphael and Tino on his Twitter account had put a short video with uh, Nate McComb, purple model yeah, three, indeed. where yeah. Nate um, was sitting in his car adjacent to Raphael's car, and Raphael is like funny. looking at the screen, going, "What? There's a cone," and he pans the camera over to to where, where Nate is, and he goes, "I'm a I'm a cone. Look, I'm a cone." <laughs> I'm like that was pretty
2: that's, funny.
1: That's funny. Well spent.
2: To be honest, that's something that I've thought of as like, do I even make a video on this or not? Because it's like. What Dude, you, you were really the
1: first doing? to do a
0: video on on FSD 3 when the visualizations came out. Oh, that's true. That's the only that's thing that's, that's really, really going to really give
2: don't. you. The, it, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I thought of is is that it may be good because, you know, we're so like into it. We know everything that's going on, and there's a lot mm. of people who just go for, like the flat tire thing. I mean, I look at that as like that's pretty trivial, but there was mm-hmm. a lot of people who was like, "Wow, I had no idea. Thanks for, you know." So a lot of this stuff is educational, and to me that like I love doing that, and so I may just do it just to explain, like, hey, what is Hardware 3? I'm sure there's some people that like, don't even know what the heck hardware they have, what date range it is, what does Hardware 3 mean, what are you going to get at this point, what is it, what does it mean after so-and-so, so I may do something, I don't know, we'll see. I
1: mean, the, the tire one's a big deal because, I mean, there are a lot of folks that walk into a Tesla uh, showroom and will say, well, there's no spare tire, what happens if I get a flat? Your video answers that question if you happen to experience oh, that.
0: We, we have a question later on. Hold it for now. I know. Now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. not gonna, I'm
1: not going to dig deep into that, but, but at least there are, there's a lot of content out there for Tesla owners that if you really search, I
2: mean,
1: the first results on Google will show you most of the answers you're looking for on does my car do blank or how do I do blank with my Tesla? Um, your video was, I think, one of the rare ones I've ever seen where the actual experience of contacting tesla for roadside assistance then you know sort of documented the entire experience of the mobile tech coming out changing the wheel and you know and and from your perspective what you obviously had hoped would not be the result but of course would ended up being the result of having to replace the tire um but that's not a lot of folks don't do that um but whenever there's a software update i'll see 25 posts in the first couple of hours (laughs) from bloggers who are logging the release notes or people who are doing the thing and i'm like Okay. And then what happens is you get Tesla envy where people are like, I don't have the download. I'm checking my <laughs> Wi Fi. Is it working? I don't know. What's going guys? I'm missing out. I'm like, it was yeah. released eight minutes ago on Twitter. Can you all calm down? <laughs> that's what happens. People, people get the stuff first, and everyone's like, Where's mine? Software updates is like a
0: Christmas thing. You know, everybody wants, yeah. you know,
1: they want to unwrap their presents right away. Well, think about like when Apple servers go nuts when everyone's trying to download a new iOS update. You know, at some point, people are like, I got to wait two hours for the download. What the hell is this? calm down true true you won't hear an android user say that Ooh, bird i'm sorry what's the adoption rate for android users please let's let's discuss oh god i don't want to go down this. all right we
0: gotta go back let's go back to some news um listen uh looks like the uh, gigafactory berlin progress continues but there's still a time crunch to be cleared um to have the trees cleared by mid-march this article comes from our friends at inside evs um uh, Tesla has to complete preparations by mid-March or the construction might be delayed by six to nine months. Media reports that the Berlin-Brandenburg Higher Administrative Court has temporarily halted the site preparation for the Tesla Gigafactory 4, also known as Gigafactory Berlin. The reasons are environmental concerns raised by activists. A local environmentalist group called the Green League, uh, Green League of Brandenburg. Uh, the court said that they have ordered Tesla to stop clearing forests near the land... Uh, Land near the Berlin capital uh, to build its first European car and battery factory. The court ruling comes after the State Environmental Office gave a green light to clear 92 hectares of forest for the plant. Uh, it should be noted that this forest is a, um, a tree farm and it was due to be cut down eventually, anyways. They're saying uh, planning permission has not been granted yet to build the Gigafactory. However, um, Elon Musk's company is preparing the ground at its own risk. It should not be assumed that the motion seeking legal protection brought by the Green League lacks any chance of succeeding the court. Uh, statement added. Tesla's in a hurry because preparation must be completed by mid-March, otherwise construction could be delayed uh, six to nine months due to the wildlife breeding period. So it's not necessarily the trees themselves. In this case, this early part of it is due to uh, a lot of wildlife. I mean, we've talked about this in the past before. They had some endangered bats, and I also saw some pictures that looked like some ant hills or something like that they had to move. Um, i've seen all kinds of stuff i have a friend of mine who built a, a fancy home by the beach and he had to go three consecutive nights of not seeing these uh, endangered toads of so to speak they had to build a corral and make sure mm. there was no toads in there anyways lots and lots of environmental stuff sometimes um even though they're not really endangered because there are lots of toads around but anyways that's beside the point all right um so, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this. Uh, I mean, I don't expect the Gigafactory in Berlin to be as fast as the China one, that's for sure. Um, but um, yeah, they got to move uh, because you know Europe needs uh, cars cheaper and faster. Uh, this whole business of Tesla making cars at the start of a quarter to ship them off to Europe just for everybody to wait to the end of the month uh, or the end of the quarter to be able to get car- cars in North America is not good for logistics. This is a, a thing that Tesla suffers from. A lot of times, because they got to realize the profits of the cars by the end of the quarter, so they have to do these shifts. I mean, uh, I mean, there's people on the forums say, "I just ordered, and you know, my car is not due for six to eight weeks." I'm like, "Well, that's just because of the way Tesla produces their cars. This is why they need more factories." Um, there's also been talk recently. Elon has said that um, he po- what was it a poll he posted about uh, Gigafactory in Texas.
2: Yeah, right. And then change his location to Austin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep it weird, man. Yes. I really feel like we should name the
1: show uh, "The the Trevor Reads the Internet Podcast.
0: Sorry, bud. The trip. (laughs) Speaking of the Berlin thing, I mean, Tesla has put up a web page. You can go to Tesla.com forward slash Gigafactory dash Berlin. And uh, they're looking for jobs. They're talking about um, oh, yeah. you know some construction in here. So they're saying that they're hoping to be uh, expected to begin in 2020 with a production targeted for 2021. Phase one will focus on Model Y with a target capacity of 10,000 vehicles per week. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they also go on to say that it will have a solar roof and aids and aims to be renewable um, for um, for to help Germany and Brandenburg achieve its ambitious energy vend. Objectives. I hope I pronounced that properly. If the German folks have a problem with that, well, I apologize. <laughs> so, um, last but not least, one last article. This is uh, courtesy of the um, Asian Review and Nikkei.com. It appears that Tesla, <laughs> their electronics on the Model 3, are about six years ahead of uh, Toyota and Volkswagen. Oops. Um, Yeah, well, basically, the the article says that uh, what stands out for is Tesla's integrated central control unit or the full self-driving computer, also known as Hardware 3. One of the Japanese um, uh, engineers at the automaker examined the computer and says, we just can't do this. Um, Apparently, there's nothing really stopping Toyota Volkswagen from actually doing what Tesla's doing. It's just because their supply chain is not set up the way Tesla Mm -hmm. is. Tesla's very vertically uh, integrated. Um, A lot of their circuit boards, their chips and stuff. I mean, look at Hardware 3. I mean, that's all Tesla internal. It was all designed by them. Uh, Circuit boards, I mean, you've seen motors taken apart, inverters taken apart. It has Tesla logos. They do their own circuit boards. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that uh, Tesla has considerably less circuit boards. Well, not circuit boards. I should go back. Can bus modules than most other manufacturers use for their cars because... I mean, they have a central computer that does most of the talking rather than relying on dis computers trying to talk to one another built by different manufacturers and trying to get them all to talk to one another. Um, anyways, any thoughts on this? I mean, I think it's, I mean, I, it's no surprise to me that this kind of thing happens. I mean, Tesla's vertically already uh, integrated in many different ways. 80% of their plastics, from my understanding, is all done in-house, uh, they build their own motors, they build their own drive inverters, um, battery packs are all done in-house, battery cells very soon.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, it's a, it follows the the Apple model. Um, you know, Apple did the same kind of thing, right, early on, they were relying on, you know, other, they had a vision, and they relied on other, you know, tech to get them there and build what they were looking to build, and as they learned, they they grew and uh, and brought all that stuff in house. And when you have everything in house, you control it fully. So you control that customer experience end to end. You put in whatever you want. You're not limited. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's it's great. And if that doesn't give you a sign of where Tesla's headed, then I don't know what what will. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, as long as you understand that uh, being vertically... I mean, it has challenges, and I think a lot of ways Tesla ended up being vertically um, integrated by necessity, not necessarily by desire. If you go back and look at their history, when they when they built the roadster originally, they had to sell it almost at a loss. It ended up costing way, way more than anticipated because they mistakenly thought they could do what other manufacturers did, which was, well, we'll just design the car and we'll do final assembly and everybody else will build everything. Well, it turns out, That's true, but the problem is when you can't get suppliers to return your calls or nobody wants to do proper work for you, you don't get the pricing that you need so the supply chain with cars i mean there's a lot of shared parts with a lot of cars i mean Mm -hmm. volkswagen volkswagen god they share so many parts with with their different cars it's not even funny so in tesla's case they had to go vertically integrated because they couldn't get the pricing they couldn't get the suppliers they're better footing now i mean they made a lot of noise about the model 3 having a list suppliers now instead of b or c list suppliers um but I mean, um, the other thing too was, um, I remember when the Model X, when they were trying to uh, get the seats going, they had a lot of problem with the seats in the Model X, specifically the second row seats. They ended up bringing that all in-house. So now they make all the seats for the Model 3 in-house. So that was out of necessity. It's not that they couldn't get the parts. It's just the suppliers just didn't do their part. Um, Same thing, Model X Falcon wing doors. They had a German company trying to engineer that stuff and they screwed up. So Tesla brought it back. It set them back six months, but... Anyway, it's not the first time. So, yeah, they're they're in there. And I think in some ways that Tesla now sees it as a strategic asset for them. So
1: we'll see. I mean, I'm also in general a proponent for that. I mean, I think a lot of businesses tend to outsource things to companies that will do it on the cheapest contract they can um, because the workers generally don't get paid a lot. So that's why it's a lot cheaper. And for Tesla to do it right, to, to largely do it in-house, to hire a lot of uh, U.S. workers to have factories here in the U.S., uh, now expanding globally with um, Gigafactory Berlin and with Gigafactory in ch- China. Um, you know they're at least trying to, you know, expand their footprint globally. But I- ideally, they've been a U.S. company for the large part of their existence. And um, for them to do it that way, I think is a, a very noble effort to do. Well, it's paying off for them. FineLab has a line of protective coatings
0: that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. All right, well, we've come to the end of the news, thankfully. (laughs) Let's move on to the section where we answer viewer and listen to questions. Again, just as a reminder, if you want to send us questions for the show, uh, follow my Twitter account, that's at model3owners, or you can just search for Tesla Owners online the day that we do the podcast, typically on Thursdays, but because we had some um, scheduling conflicts and stuff, we decided to do it early this week on Wednesday. Anyways, we put out a Google form where you can submit questions. So having said that, let's move on here. First question comes from Larry. He says, has anyone had a tire blowout while on Navigate on Autopilot? How'd the computer
2: handle it? Bueller? Hmm. While on Navigate on Autopilot? I, geez, I would hope that it would, Throw up warnings and slow the car down and pull you over.
0: <laughs> Man, the last time I had a tire blowout was twenty years ago.
2: <sighs> yeah,
0: can't answer that one. Sorry, Larry. Don't know. I would hope with Tesla's active sa- safety that they would they would detect something like that. I mean, at very least, it would detect you know loss of tire pressure, which Raj you're familiar with.
2: Yeah, and that was kind of interesting too. Is that I mean I was reporting forty psi, which is ridiculously low, um, but I was still able to drive completely normal. Uh, So I don't know. I mean, that kind of makes you wonder if that, um, would it slow down? Would it stop? I mean, at 40, it should have basically limited my speed. That's what I would think. Actually, brings up a good point. That should, software should be able to say, hey, you're at 40 PSI in one of the tires. There's no way, even for, even if you're like on the track, you're not going to be at 40. So there's no reason for you to be that low. Something's wrong. You're limited well, like the thing is, miles.
1: I wonder in the context of the question, is he saying a blowout in the traditional sense of a, of a blowout, which is the tires basically just exploded? Uh, in which case, my thinking is the car would just make you all of a sudden have to take manual control and you'd have to steer the car. I don't think anyway's going to safely pull you over because you, you, you just lost an entire yeah. wheel.
2: But how Good. would the car know that it was a blowout? I think the
1: sudden drop in pressure might be a good indicator. And there's the there, there's something dirt that would tell you. I mean, I mean I've seen a number of times where even just with NOA and AP, uh, that my car even though there's nothing environmentally that I can see, the car makes me want to take over control for some reason. Um, so my hand that's why again, hands always need to be engaged with the steering wheel anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure they probably factor that into their software design, which is in extreme cases where you have to suddenly take over, the car is just going to deactivate it. You better, yeah. you better be ready to go.
2: Well, you know, there's only one way to find out. Let's Trevor. do a video. We Let's do, do a, a video, video man. Who's going to put the car I'm on the out. line, right? <laughs>
1: I'm, not, I'm not signing any waivers. Who's I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> the
2: spike strip down? And... Hell,
1: who's putting up their car for this test? I'm not. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'll
2: put I mean, the Cybertruck
0: up against that, be, that, but uh, not my uh, precious you know, Model 3.
2: The cost of one tire. Maybe, uh, yeah, exactly. We'd have to reach out to Ian for some help on that one. Ian's already <laughs> speeding.
0: All right. Next question comes from, C- uh, from Cecil. He says, if your state doesn't allow a showroom, would you have to pay extra taxes when buying a Tesla? I live in Arkansas, but the closest showroom is in Missouri. I know uh, I can order online, but not used to the buying experience going out of state. Thank you. Um yeah, I don't know how that works. I mean, Texas suffers from the same thing, uh, too. I think they have to. No, wait, how does that work? So, we,
1: we had a question like this, similarly yeah, with a. Yeah, which, we did. Right. So, it depends on. All right. So, when you buy a car out of the state, uh, likely you have to get a temporary registration. So, you have to pay fees to register that car in the state in which you're buying it in. Then when you take the car, we look at it back to your home state, and then you might have to re-register the car. You may be then hit again with the registration fees. Mm. Some people, depending upon the state they live in, the state may allow them to like to do registration. where you are only getting hit one time versus twice. So it really depends on what your local state registration uh, rules are. A way to know for sure is to speak with your local tax collector's office. Uh, or with the Department of Motor Vehicles, but usually, if you're looking for registering registering a vehicle, with your tax collector. Uh, speak with someone who knows about vehicle registration and ask them that question. Uh, you may be able to find the information online. A lot of these sites uh, put that in their FAQs or some other information. You might be able to find it there, but talk with someone who knows. Uh, if you're Tesla, buying a vehicle, Tesla head office. I, because yep. I, if I if I'm buying a used car in a if I was buying a used car in Atlanta, Georgia. And I know I registered the car here in Florida. How would that work? I would certainly contact people here in Florida and say, hey, I'm buying a car out of state. What do I do when I want to register it here? They'll tell me what it is. And Because usually you have to leave. If you're going to drive the car from one state to the next, it has to be registered. You have to have a tag on it.
0: Yeah, I would take Eric's advice. Um, it probably warrant a, fo- a phone call to Tesla head office as well because they, they know. Would obviously know for that kind of thing. So, Yeah, give him a call. Good question, Cecil. Thanks. Um, Jeff asks, on the Model 3, uh, it, there is a light in the front floor boards, those are the footwell lights, I only I only noticed it lights up in the mornings after the first entry into the driver's seat, do you, uh, do you how do you turn this light on? Um, you can't, it's uh, tied to an ambient light sensor in the car, so it uh, comes on in the mornings or when it's dark, it's just one of those things, uh, unfortunately you can't control that. He doesn't mention whether he has ambient there, lighting in the is, car. There
1: is an ambient light button that you can turn on and off. Yeah, all. but
0: he, not all cars have that. Yeah. Right?
1: So, all
0: right. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 uh, Peter has a question for Ian about Model Y tire specs. We're going to skip that one tonight until Ian shows up. If we can, we'll... Uh, Set, if he he's he does show up, up right now.
1: We're recording, so let me be on yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Did he, did he answer my text? He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, very good. Sorry about that. Yeah, so Ian will be on shortly. uh, Remind me, and uh, you know what? I'm going to put a reminder on that, and we'll come back and ask him that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Greg asks, since the news the other day about the autopilot being taken away, even though it was never paid for, it raises the question, if I buy FSD, then a year from now, sell my car, does the FSD stay with the car, or can Tesla say to the... Say to the new owner, now needs to pay for FSD. I know supercharging stays with a car, uh, but this would hurt resale value of selling a car, and the new owner has to be FSD or the or rear, rear heated seats, as an example. Um, FSD is tied to the VIN. It's not an owner registered thing. It, it doesn't right. go with the owner. It stays with the car. Um, I did a live stream earlier today with somebody that asked me the same essential same question. And I, I I understand where a lot of people are feeling in the sense like, why would I buy FSD now? And if I sell my car, I have to pay for it again if I want it on the next car, even though the features of FSD that they promise are not here today. Why am I have to pay for it twice? Um, I think there's, you know, some people would rather I mean, would feel that it would be fair if I pay for FSD now and I sell my car, buy another one, give me some kind of discount or something like that. Since it's not, I mean, I mean, it's not good for Tesla's coffers to do something like this. But I think in a lot of ways, it would it would help for adoption.
1: I don't know. Any thoughts? Hello, Ian's joined in. How are you? I I sort of, so I understand. The
3: people,
1: <laughs> I understand the folks who uh, who complain about that, but I. I Listen, I'm going to take you back to a long time ago when Windows 95 and 98 were like all the rage in America. Makes um, a grown man when cry. You, when you bought the disk, it was usually tied to a very specific computer and the license only worked for so many installations. Um, and so when a lot of people say, well, this isn't fair, I can't transfer it. Well, it's the same thing with free supercharging when that was an offer. It's, it's to the vehicle that you're buying it. It's no different than matching a I don't know like I said it's 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 like if you're downloading software and go okay well what device is it on okay what's the information about the computer that's the only computer that can use it it's a licensing thing um so I have no problem with it being tied to the device because if I buy a license for software it's technically not tied to me it's tied to the device that I'm installing it on I can't just go hey here's 25 of my friends I'm just going to post this on Twitter now here's the download now go get the software that's not how that works um So I understand the cost investment, but that's the choice you're making if you're electing to buying it now before it's fully rolled out versus you keeping your car. If in your mind you're not going to have your car for a long time, while it seems like it's an an added value to have it, then great. Then it'll go with the car to the next person. But that's why you're buying it. You're buying it to increase the value of your car. That's the way I look at it. bank account. Like, and to me, that's a selfish rationalization. Like, I mean, it sounds kind of harsh to say it that way. Yeah. But seriously, if you're spending $3,000 early for FSD, it's not for you. It's for your car. So it's it's no different than if you wrap your car. If you get into an accident, your insurance company is not paying for the wrap you put on because
2: that's not what came with the car. But if you bought FSD, then, yeah, that increases the value of your car. Yeah. And if you feel like you're not getting anything with it, you are getting a pretty badass computer or computer with it. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. That's, what I, that's the way I looked
0: at it. Ian, thank you for joining us.
3: Hello,
2: gentlemen. How's everybody doing?
0: I'm very well, thank you. We're almost done. Raj, Raj is here. Eric is yeah. here. Yeah. Um, nice. Ian, Ian was on the road. That's why he couldn't join us. Um, Ian, do you want to answer a question real quick, or do we want to talk about something that's going on? It's tires. It's tire-related.
3: Really? It, it, it's definitely tire-related. Cause How you <laughs> feeling? <laughs> Everything in my world is. <laughs> Um, the wheels yeah. and the bus go round and round, they do, they do, they've been going round and round a lot in the last 36 hours. So, the question um, is
1: um, since we have now that we have some idea on the model Y tire specs, what would be a reasonably priced winter tire recommendation for the Ontario winters? And what about wheels, assuming an upgrade from black steel rims?
3: Hmm. Um, I'm going to hold off just a little longer because we want to be a thousand percent sure on on, on the specs. We have the tire sizing. That's relatively easy. And I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a whole plethora of tires. I'm I'm reluctant to go and and start throwing out recommendations on winter tires for the same reason I I do with anything else. It's really dependent on what the customer's needs are. So Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that anybody looking for that answer would join the forum, and we have really excellent discussion groups both for, for summer slash all seasons and then a, a different one for winter tires for Model 3. The rationale is going to be about the same. The sizes are not the same, and you might find there's one or two models that you know apply to Model 3 that don't apply in Y and vice versa. But mm-hmm. the whole discussion is like how do you drive? How far do you drive? Are you an aggressive driver a mild driver? Do you want absolute ice and snow performance, which is over here, or do you really want like Lots of grip when it's nice out with some ice and snow performance, you know, so a higher speed tire. There's this whole litany of questions. So I ask people, give me your top five list. What are the five, you know, wear, snow, ice, whatever. Uh, They have to be quiet. They have to be long wearing. They have to be low price. Price doesn't matter. Rank that stuff in order. Throw it on the forum. And then we can can dissect it. I'm sure we'll start a separate one for the Model Y um, once they start rolling out. But but for now, yeah, I would say let's let's just be a thousand percent sure, particularly on the wheel specs, because there's certain things like the load rating for the axles and things that we don't have yet. I'm 99% sure, what well, I know the numbers, but I, I want to see hard numbers like actual placards and so on on the vehicle to be. 1, How
1: could you be sure? so sure?
0: That's a CYA ever uh, answer if I ever heard one.
1: <laughs>
3: That's what I do.
1: That's one of the shortest wheel questions he's ever answered. <laughs>
3: I try.
0: All right, um, let's let's move on a few other questions here, and we can talk about some other stuff here in a second. Uh, Thomas asks not hundred percent a Tesla question, but an EV one. My parents have a Leaf. Model Three was too expensive for them, given the fact that it has Chatamo, and Chatamo's future doesn't seem very bright. Do you think the value of the car will drop? Leafs don't generally have, and I'm saying he doesn't specify which Leaf. The first few gen Leafs don't mm-hmm. hold their value all that well. Chatamo, I don't think, is really going anywhere in the sense that current third-party fast-charging stations all have CCS and CHAdeMO anyways. Mm -hmm. But as far as the industry is concerned, the industry is all going CCS. Um, Do I think that that affects the resale value of the car? No, not particularly.
1: I don't think in the short term it doesn't.
0: No, I don't think so. All right, next question comes from Luke. He says, I have ordered a Model Y. I want to trade it in. Uh, I want to trade in my Model 3. Does Tesla do a fair trade-in or do I absolutely should sell it on your own? You answered your own question. Absolutely
1: sell it on your own. Now, Tesla's none. Yes, Eric. I do want to add. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if this has changed. So say you bring in your vehicle to Tesla to do a trade-in and they give you a value in the car. Let's just, I'm just going to throw a number out there. Let's say it's uh, $20,000. If you're not happy with the figure and you think your car is worth more, take it to CarMax. CarMax will do a free assessment on your vehicle. Uh, no obligation just they can go with car and give you a price on the spot it's valid for seven days so let's say you take that twenty thousand dollar assessment and CarMax without knowing anything gives you twenty nine thousand or twenty seven thousand or whatever it is you take that uh, that assessment while it's still valid in those seven days back to tesla they honor that price
3: there you go for you
1: and CarMax is pretty good about giving you fair market value for a yes vapor. i've heard that yeah. so um if Selling it privately is a cumbersome experience. I can tell you being on both sides of it, it's not fun. There's obviously exchanging of funds. You want to get a certified location to do it. You want to, if you want to make it the process so simple, Tesla does it. The car goes to off the auction. It's just a piece of cake. But honestly, if if you feel like Tesla gives you a value less than what you're expecting, either your expectations are false or just see if you can get a better value through CarMax and then Tesla will take the higher of the two.
0: All right, next question comes from Dominic. He says The infotainment system can play MP3 files from a USB stick, but can it play video? The answer is no, at least not yet. I don't want to know. The reason I say that is because a lot of people have been asking for the ability to view sentry mode clips on the screen. Not necessarily remotely, although that's probably coming in the future, but it would be really nice. I mean, Raj, you have a roadie, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. How do you find that? it's actually been great um super convenient uh i mean i think that was the that was the whole thing is that it could eventually come up on the screen how do you get it straight to your app i think uh elon did shoot down pretty hard that it would be able to be streamed to your phone because he talked about data usage and and so forth so immediately i was like okay um but what's just the most convenient way because it is cumbersome i gotta unplug it and then i gotta plug it in my phone and if I bring it one of the reasons computer. I don't look
0: at my footage as often as I should. Yeah,
2: and so now it's like, and I've, I've literally done it. So in my video, I made a comment where I was like, yeah, then you don't look dumb where you're all like next to your car, you're looking at an angle to see if there's any dents and then validating whether you should look at the clips or not. Um This way, I just get in my car and I fire up the road. Now, for those
0: who don't know later. what roadie is, can you very quickly tell people what this thing is? Yeah,
2: it's basically, uh so the company has made... Um, a little, they've just taken a Raspberry Pi and there's a custom software loaded on there, put into a nice clean box. Um, and it just, you're plugging in Raspberry Pi. And a Raspberry Pi is basically just a, a mini computer. Mm-hmm. And the, its benefit is that it has Wi Fi built into it. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're not dependent on your home Wi Fi, but it gives off a Wi Fi signal. It connects to your phone. Your phone can connect to it and you're able to just stream and watch the footage on your phone immediately, download it. And so it comes with a custom built app. Um, that you download from the app store. And you can actually download the app and, and kind of give it a free trial without actually the roadie hardware just to see what it's like. And the ability to be able to do that, actually someone just commented on that. They got into an accident literally like a week after getting their roadie. And while they were waiting for police to arrive, he had downloaded the clip, ready to go, showed it to the police officer. Police officer was like, yep, you're not at fault, signed up everything, and they were on their way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really convenient. I've been, been happy with it. I I did talk to to the uh, the creator, and they're like, you know, Tesla could do anything and completely destroy your product. Well, that's true, <laughs> yes, um, but uh, but I don't know. It just for right now. I mean, you never know when Tesla's gonna do something. But for right now, it's it's a happy medium, and the ability to I could be sitting on my couch watching TV, scrolling through my footage while my car's in the garage because it connects to the home Wi-Fi. That's yes. also a nice perk. For- Does it work for- as a as a uh, hotspot as well? Um. It, so you mean like like it's giving off a Wi-Fi signal, but it's not connecting okay. to like the internet. There's no LTE connection on it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, check that out. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Alex. It says, "I've been scouring Reddit and other online threads trying to find the best estimate of numbers for Model Y orders. I finally ordered a Y soon after the order fee dropped to 100 bucks, and I'm anticipating that might get it by the end of the year if the production ramp goes smoothly. What do you consider to be the best estimate?" That's a really tough one uh, to answer. the The best person that you should be asking is um, there's a Twitter account um, called Troy Testlike. Um, he's a real numbers guy and he's been tracking VINs, uh, Model 3. He tracks order numbers and stuff like that. But I, I did check his account. He has a spreadsheet for Model Y, but he only has about 300 entries on it. So I don't think it's really relevant in a lot of ways to know exactly how many orders Tesla has on that car. Um, Tesla has not revealed how many Model Y orders that they have. The only thing they've talked about recently is really a Cybertruck. So it's anybody's, it's anybody's guess. As far as I'm concerned, I'm hoping the ramp is smoother and faster than Model 3, but you never know. Um, but I would suspect that they've taken a lot what they've learned from the Model 3, and hopefully the ramp will be a little faster Model wise. So um, if we find out anything, we'll let you know. But right now, we really don't have an answer for you, Alex. Well,
1: so, I wonder, too, if the question really is more about reservations versus orders. Well, he says mm-hmm. ordered. Order, well, orders is a hard number to get because there's not a lot of orders. Well, like like Model 3, the number of orders in the first couple of months was very, very low relative to how many reservations there were. That's,
0: well, semantics at this point, yeah. No, I know,
1: but I mean, but but I I wonder if if it's really thinking of honest orders of them trying to build the car for, you know, release coming up in March, or if it's really about reservations. Reservations, I would say you're probably well over 200,000. Easy.
0: All right. Well, let me, in the uh, interest of a time, we're going to kind of skip through here and kind of go through some of these as best we can.
1: Unless you want to read some of them, Eric? I mean, reading is good. You want me to just go to the next one in order? Yeah, or you what?
0: know, I need a break for a
1: second, so go ahead. Okay, please have some water. <laughs> premium connectivity of, this is from uh, Naranjan. Uh, premium connectivity of nine ninety nine will be a better customer value if more additional streaming options are available, like Google Play or YouTube Music. Are those in the works, and when can we expect those to appear via an over-the-air update?
0: The only thing that I have heard that I was told by an engineer somewhere around the Cybertruck event was Apple Music. No timeline given.
2: Cool.
0: Which somebody had to say I don't know anything more. I was just said Apple Music is in the works. So take it as you will. It could be axed. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Who knows?
2: I think a lot of this stuff is is really dependent on the um, the ability to use the software web-based. So, right, a lot, of the, a lot of things, if it's web-based, there's a high chance that it can be easily implemented. Yes. So I know that...
0: You can Apple bring up music, Apple Music
2: Beta. You can bring it up in the browser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think when you're in Park, I've heard somebody was saying you can play it. Uh, I um, as soon as you that. hit Drive, it, it, it stops it. So basically, there's something in there that needs to define it as, hey, this is music, and let it play yeah.
1: I'm also of the mindset that if you have an iPhone and you have Apple music on it, you can stream it through stream Bluetooth. It. I mean, I mean exactly. there, this, there's this weird... Well, Spotify the same thing I just want my car to have it. I'm like, but your, your car can do it already without the need for having the capabilities already pre-installed on the software. Like, your phone can talk to your car. Um, that seems keep to be kind of easy, but... Well, I mean, hands-free legislation, too, right? you got to keep that in mind. Well, I'm saying, but once you're connected... All the controls are in your car's audio. Like, you, the steering wheel, I can skip, pause, play. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Oh, that's not Again, I know. I know, I did I know that, that with
2: Spotify and I hated it. Now no, man. I know.
1: And again, I know there's limitations, but you're, you're making these engineers, you know, work around the clock to do a thing that your car can kind of already do. I mean, look, the YouTube thing's pretty cool because if you're charging, you can watch a video for, you know, 10 minutes while you're there. That's kind of nice. Um, and you know, we were in Orlando and Trevor's like, you know, you can send it from your phone, right? You can actually just do the search from there, which is much faster. Um, but yeah, like if Apple, I mean, if Apple music comes and nothing else does, yeah, that's okay. You have a multitude of options now for audio listening. So
0: I, I don't think there's any question that a lot more of these services will make their way. It's just a matter of engineering resources and right. demand and what they're, right what they're permitted to do
1: that right next? yeah what's the yeah. next question eddie eddie <laughs> <laughs> eric <laughs> comes from eddie thanks tim uh, i had mobile service come to my house to replace the charge port pins as part of a service bulletin what exactly was the issue with the original pins and is this is the only bulletin to be issued for the model three
3: uh, i can answer that one because i had it done yep. um in here in the, uh, the, the 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 i think the correct term is the paul the little pin which goes in and and locks the the handle in position when when your charge handle is in there, had a tendency to ingest water. Basically, if water somehow got around the handle and in, it would go down to the bottom of that area. It would go into the little, tiny little gap around the pin, and it would start accumulating in the actuated little piston that would move the pin in and out. And what would happen in winter is that would freeze and then that mm. prevents the pin from moving and of course it always happens at the worst time when that charge handle is like in there and you can't get it out. So your car is now welded to the charger which is not good, yeah. <clears throat> been there, done that. So what happens is they change that um, that little actuator part uh, for a new design that's got a drain on it and the new one that they're installing now, I think all of the cars in production have had them since April I want to say of 2018, so almost a year now. But um, the, there's three versions of it. There was the original one. There was a second version, which used some type of a silicone O-ring, if I remember correctly. And that one was almost immediate fail. And I think it only lasted about a month. And they got rid of that. And the new one is a superior one, which has um, a completely different actuator on it. And it has a drain, which is what the Montreal engineers told me they were going to put on it from day one. The guy actually came to my house to fix it the first time. and says, you know, I can just drill a little hole in the bottom of this thing. It'll be perfect for life. He says, but... But Fremont will kill me. So, so, okay, let's not do that. You, know, you seem like a nice guy. I don't want you know your, your yeah. head on a poster. But yeah, so basically that's it. So the new generation's got the drain. They work amazing. That's the one I have. And I mean, I've had tons of ice, tons of water, whatever. Nothing stops it. It works beautifully. I've
0: not had any issues with mine.
3: So
1: Yeah, they've replaced mine, and I'm here in Florida. So go figure. But did you get a new one? Seriously? Yeah, when I had a I had a, a mobile tech come out and do a, a, my A pillar replacement, and then he's like, "While I'm here, I gotta." And oh. Did that in like thirty seconds. Okay. Nice. Oh, well, if you it. ever
3: sell, if the car ever winds up being sold to the north, you know, at least it's there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Last right, right, question:
1: Sell my car to the what? What? <laughs> hey, it's allowed now, apparently. Yeah, yes, Renee yes, asked, on a 1,200-mile Arizona road trip, we saw between 40 kilowatts to 140 kilowatts of charging on the SR Plus at standard superchargers where they had 10% state of charge and they were not sharing between A and B stalls. What is the best way to find the fastest rate of charging besides stall hopping? For example, an on-screen stall health status as you arrive would be nice where
3: green indicates fast, oh, et cetera, et cetera. I could so, not agree more. We'll get into that yep. story in a few minutes.
0: Yep. I agree 100%. But right now, you don't have a choice. Stall hopping is your friend.
1: It would be nice if they can do it from the car when you're driving. So if you select the station while you can see which ones are currently in use, which ones are not, if they can also sort of color code which ones are... are... You
0: know, my experience with the whole stalls in use thing, there's so much of a delay that it's never accurate, I find. I mean, it can give you a rough idea, but by the time you get there... It's like, it's it's so, I don't know what the delay is, but it's never worked 100% for me. But
2: No, mm-hmm.
3: they, they've got to fix that. It would have saved me two major incidences in the last month. Mm-hmm. Last night being one of them.
1: Brian asks, if Elon thinks feature complete will be soon, when do you think we'll start seeing um, beta features of autonomous supercharging stations, either new construction or remodeled and retrofitted?
0: I think it's way too soon for that. I think so too. FSD is at least two years away, really, to be deployed as far as the robo-taxi network to even consider investing in updating any of the superchargers with autonomous charging.
1: I would say probably in the next decade. That's pretty safe. I would, I would say closer to 2030. I think you, I think you would win that bet. but <laughs> yeah. Listen, I won, I won the bet, by the way. I'm not going to gloat here, but I won the bet, by the way, about the um, air suspension not coming to the Model 3. You did. I was Elon confirmed
0: yeah. it himself. Well, what, what, it was was what was he, the I wager on that, boys? Was there was a wager, wager involved? I
1: don't know, but I, I just know that I, I was <laughs> pounding the table over and over again. Like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. has to go Elon back and see how much I owe you now. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Oh, boy. Sandwich. Um, (laughs) Better be gluten free. Um, Kenneth asks I'm going on a road trip in September in his Model S from Michigan through the Upper Peninsula to Ontario, taking the new Supercharger network to Hope, British Columbia. Will I still have NOA, um, Dumb Summon, as he calls it, and Smart Summon? Also, how are the roads on Highway 1? My (laughs) friends. Well, if he has NOA now,
0: assuming he has FST or EAP, it doesn't say exactly when he bought his car, when you cross over, yeah, you you don't lose that. You have that. There was a time when, when the U.S. got NOA and Canada didn't. It was geofenced. There was right. many people that went down to the U.S., rebooted their car, put an entry in, and even if it routed them back to Canada... Uh, They would have NOA until they crossed the border, and once their uh, trip was over with, they would revert. My experience, having gone down to Florida because I have FSD, I thought I would get the FSD visualizations. When I was in Florida, I rebooted my car several times, never showed up. Hmm. So it was not certainly not geofenced in that case. Uh, So there's something else at foot here as far as that's going, so...
1: Stephen asks, for those with hardware 3 that did not purchase full self-driving, do the enhanced visualizations show up? Also, is it just me or have software updates been very few and far between recently? Well, the latter is yes. There's been yes. fewer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, do, do the visualizations yeah. show up for those that do not have FSD?
0: No. That's right you won't you won't get them because there's a dedicated button Raj you've seen it mm-hmm. um, enable FSD visualizations beta and that only shows up if you have FSD hardware 3 in your car and you've paid for FSD. So it's one of those things it's it's like right now it's kind of eye candy um, but it is something that they candy. will have. Yeah, it's total eye candy. And it is something that they will have as part of, and, and they're going to add more stuff. Right now it's, you know, yeah. trash can cones and lights <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> railway crossings and who knows what else. I mean, puppy dogs were- and cats, who knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it will, be, it, it will be added on. But unless you have FSD,
1: what's the point of having it on there if you can't act on it? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Next question from Dan. He says, address the Model line performance option. What if you want everything except for the twenty-one-inch wheels? Well, you can't. The only thing you can you order is performance. Wheels. Buy your own wheels. Exactly. Good plan. Is that someone playing over there. What was that sound in the background? No, that was kind of loud. Um, well, Andrew, <laughs> do you think Tesla will ever support older Model S and X vehicles with better support options? For example, he drives a twenty thirteen P eighty five. Knows he can't get autopilot or FSD but could benefit from a paid retrofit of side cameras to enable sentry mode. So what do you guys think? Retrofit? Yeah, your name. No. I say no. I don't think it's going
3: to happen. Tesla's Jason, good as... Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: no, Tesla's Jason. good about keeping the software updates, but as far as computers are concerned and all that other stuff, Tesla's been... Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty much obsoleting those cars uh, mm-hmm. in that respect. So, yeah. By the
1: way, can we quickly address how Tesla stock was today? A little crazy? What, what did it hit? <laughs> what did it, it hit? There was a point where I looked at it. It was up 70 some odd dollars to like 644. Or I'm sorry, 644. Excuse me. 944. <laughs> point today. Wow. It was it's insane. Look, there, we're going to see these fluctuations. I know we keep saying we're going to have like an expert on the market on our show sometime. Uh, that will happen sometime this millennium, I'm sure. Um, we've seen market fluctuations happen all the time. You know, a new story can come out where all of a sudden Tesla stock was crazy. And then nine hours later, after the market closes, some new story comes out and then the stock price all of a sudden plummets uh, after market closes. Um, to me, it's more of over a long term pattern. How is it going to perform? When, you know, I've seen, I've seen Apple stock, for example, skyrocket in one day. And all of a sudden it normalizes within a few days after that. But over the course of a month, it might be, you know, averaging a lot higher. So these, these little things are crazy, but it's, it's amazing how the scandal happened. We're talking about a year ago when Elon said, if it hits 420, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to go private and now we're looking at, hello, 950 a share. You know, a year yeah. later, not even a year later, it's insane. Well,
0: I mean, we got our first taste of this when we were in Florida. I mean, remember we were just sitting there looking at this price and we're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" And he was like, "We got to put a backstop on this because it's it's going to be some yeah. kind of bubble." And yeah. Even I said on Twitter, "This is a bubble, you watch out." And everybody's called me every name in the book. And sure enough, I mean, yeah. but I mean,
2: it's back up again. But uh, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it it did settle down. It, it, yeah. it was skyrocketing up nine hundred plus, and then it settled back down to like. 800s, and then here we are, we're, we're back up again. So I feel like it did have it settle. Um, I don't know. I just think a lot of people are, are now – it's it's now getting the light that, that they've deserved, and, and they're evaluating it as like a tech company as well and not just a car company. Um, and when you look at other tech companies, I mean, look at the way they're priced. Yeah. So it's just
1: – It it will not surprise me when Model Y begins delivering and then when some ice happen, hopefully towards the end of the year, that their stock has sustained over 1000 Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for those four
2: digits.
1: Totally possible. Yeah. All right. Just a few more questions here. Uh, Deep asks, uh, since he sold his Tesla stock, uh, he lives in sunny California. Hooray. Uh, He's got a lead foot. So, Trevor, not your kind of driver. Uh, his his total commute is less than 50 miles round trip per day, but he plans the next six months to have a commute that will double that to about a hundred miles round trip. Is it worth paying for extra long range? Yes. All
0: right. You two guys that live in the warmer States, this
2: is your thing.
1: Yeah. Go ahead Raj. You're the guest of the show. I'll let you have it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that everyone else will agree. Range is King. Um, if you're going to do a hundred miles each way, that's 200 miles round trip. Let's just say I, I think it's 100 miles round trip. It's 100 round trip. He drives oh, 50 round trip trip now, trip. but it'll yeah. be double that yeah. later. Miles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. So 100 miles round trip. Let's factor in, you know, 20 to 30 miles range loss in the cold. And mm-hmm. let's say that's not even a blistering cold. So, um, you know, no. but you got to factor in that. You're at now, what, 100 and 150? I, I mean, I don't know. I think you're just future proofing yourself. Right. It's just it's it's less, you know, time that you have to kind of stop. And I don't know. It's not something you can upgrade later. So the
1: answer is yes. and I'll tell you why it's yes. Look how big California is. It's a big state. If you want to drive from, say, L.A. to San Francisco, damn it, it, a long range car. I mean, if if I were to live in like New England, where the states are remarkably smaller, um, it may not be that big a deal if I'm driving from, say, Boston to Hartford, Connecticut. It's a whole big deal if you're driving in California because even driving within southern or northern California, even amongst those different areas, it's it's a quite a commute from one to the next. So even if you don't normally make make trips like that, just knowing you have the extra mileage in your battery pack is a big, big deal. And if you ever chose to resell your car, um, that's going to be a driving force as well. You're going to get better value from a car that does go farther, especially now that we're seeing Model S variants that are almost approaching 400 miles, as we mentioned during, earlier in the show. Selling that car will make a big difference versus one that goes 285.
0: It's, it's just like a person would come to me and say, well, I'm thinking about the all-wheel drive car, but I'm thinking about FSD. I'd say, well, take the money from FSD and buy yourself the performance car. It's better yeah. value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, and so-
2: the, the, the other thing that I would just say that I would just add to that is that you know it's always that it, – if it's your first EV, you don't realize how much you're going to like it and how much that you're going to want to drive more. You end up driving more than you do your standard car. I've driven yeah, my EV more true. than I've driven my yeah. regular car. And you don't want to be limited to that because you're like, I don't have enough miles to go out to dinner now tonight mm-hmm. after I got home from work. The psychology
0: of having cheaper fuel in the sense that you're paying an eighth to a tenth of the cost for your fuel, your electricity compared to gasoline. I mean, your mind is just like, well, I'll drive 30 miles for ice cream. It's free. I mean, the cost, the cost
1: Percent <laughs> less expensive in an EV than it is in a gas car.
0: Exactly. Just
1: crazy. So All right. So a couple more questions here. Uh, Daniel asked, do you think we'll ever see a CCS adapter for the Model 3 for North American customers?
0: Uh, yeah. How many times have people have asked us this question? Right? Yes. Gosh, we need the CCS adapter. It's illogical. We need like an FAQ for this show. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I I really hope that Tesla finally sees the light and gives us some kind of CCS adapter for North America rather than the stupid, expensive, limited Chatham adapter.
1: <sighs> i didn't really please do that.
0: Tesla, please.
1: Yeah. Just tweet Elon, just, you know, tweet at some point just keep uh. just just set up a bot, just have them tweet all the time, and then he <laughs> will he'll say yes. And Raj and I will shot.
0: just jump them tomorrow, I guess. Right. Yeah, we'll
1: Last question. This is from Sam. It's a good question. Um, after your warranty and free roadside assistance goes away, does Tesla offer a paid subscription like AAA? If not, what do you recommend?
0: No, they don't have anything. So your best bet is AA in the States or CA in Canada.
2: So here's a question. Um, so your warranty but i thought roadside assistance was always was always there so i guess the question is like i just had my tire replaced was charged nothing outside of the new tire Mm -hmm. um if it should be in five years down the line am i going to be billed an extra fee on top of that tire replacement for them to come out probably that's a good question i mean i don't know i don't know either Uh,
3: it would be like a mobile service call at that point i think yeah I mean, we'll, we'll
1: find out soon enough because when some vehicles, some old, old Model S's start, uh, you know, eclipsing their, their, I mean, it's one thing to be like out of a certain warranty coverage, but then what happens if your car is completely out of all warranties, you know, then what? Um, we'll, we'll find out soon, I'm sure, as more and more vehicles come online like that.
0: Well, you know, roadside assistance, uh, I mean, other than tires, I mean, you're going to flatbed the car, so standard rates kind of apply, right?
1: I think it depends on what they're coming out for. I mean, if, I if you're having, you know, if you're yeah. having them come out because your 12-volt battery died, you know, is that, is that fully covered? Or in the case, like, if you're going to have a wheel fixed, that obviously comes at a cost. I mean, sometimes they'll just change the tire, and then you can just go, and then at some point, they'll deal with the charges later on. But I'm sure you're going to pay for the time the person's doing that eventually. That can't be free yeah. forever. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. What do, what do you think, Ian? You're, you're, you're kind of mute on the subject. <laughs>
3: Oh, I knew literally because I was just about to lay into some heavy coughing here, my throat is shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, look, I agree with you. I, I think ultimately, you know, 9 out of 10, I think roadside assistant things are wheel and tire related, so you know, how much would Tesla charge uh, a post as opposed to like a CA membership or something like that, but then, or a AAA, the problem with AAA is they're not going to have like loads of spare Model 3 or Model S wheels and mm-hmm. tires pre-mounted as Tesla does, so there is something nice about having that service available to you, but my question is, when does it expire, after the four-year bumper-to-bumper warranty or after the eight-year powertrain and battery warranty? Yeah, I don't
2: know, you know what, I'll ask tomorrow. Yeah, we we
3: should find that out and we'll we'll follow up. um, Roger's having some service
2: tomorrow, so he'll let us know. Make sure you tweet it
1: out. I also wonder, based on where you're at, like, for example, if I'm in the middle of West Texas, which if you've ever driven across I-10, there's not a whole lot there. uh, Even animals go, why are you here? Um, (laughs) uh, if If all of a sudden you get a flat tire out there, how long is it actually going to take a Tesla mobile service person to come out to your location? Are you waiting a day? Are you waiting for nine hours? Like, you know, and those sort of things matter as well. Uh, you know, cause a person has to drive out that far are, I mean, for that person, the round trip commute from where they're coming from to where you're at to do the f- repair, I'm sure you're going to pay something for that. It can't be completely free if you're going to, you know, if you're not local. So I'm sure there's some things involved. It'd be nice to find out if anyone knows or has a receipt for that, be sure to share it with us. We'd like to find out. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Well, that brings us pretty much to the end of the questions. Yes. And um, yes, thanks for everybody for submitting. Uh, we love these things, and uh, even though we some of them are repetitious a little bit, but that's okay. You don't, know. Uh, you know, we can't expect everybody to watch every episode. And, yes, we uh, can't know exactly what we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be looking at the catalog. So please watch every episode before you send us a question, because we don't <laughs> want to repeat
2: ourselves. <laughs>
0: Well, since Ian has finally joined us on the show, um, Ian wants to talk about something, and uh, it involves, well, two of us here on the podcast. So,
3: Ian, take it away. Once upon a time, there was a very big country which had lovely charging stations at either end, but it was completely empty in the middle. So if you had a Tesla or any other kind of EV, you could drive back and forth in the west and back and forth in the east but nowhere in the middle. The middle was no man's land. It was a scary, dark place. And then, a magical company named Tesla came along and overnight, seemingly, added 25 or 29, how, how many did they add, charging stations between Calgary and uh, Sudbury? 20. Yeah, it Yeah, it's, it's over 20 stations. So yes, magically, uh, all of Canada since December 18th is now connected coast to coast so you can go from Vancouver, British Columbia to Halifax in Nova Scotia, Pacific to Atlantic or vice versa uh, without interruption. So of course the minute that was announced um, there was a team out of Victoria that attempted to do it and Trev if you got the press release handy, if you could just look that up and just I'd, li- I'd like to give a shout out to the, uh, to the two team members that their names escape my, uh, my immediate memory. But in any case, uh, two gentlemen from Victoria British Columbia tried to do the trip on December 28th, just a week after the, um, the, the system was completed. And unfortunately, the weather at that point was so bad, and they were on an extremely tight time schedule. So they weren't able to, to make it. They got as far as uh, from Victoria, they made it as far as Sudbury, Ontario, and then they had to turn around and go back due to time constraints. So... Kevin Bellanger and Don Goodeve. There you go. So gentlemen, shout out for that attempt. I was I was following that. I was really hoping they were going to make it. Um, I thought that was a great project. But when they, they turned around and they had a Facebook page going on it and they said, unfortunately, you know, time constraints or we can't do it and we'll, we'll maybe try and do it at a later date. But if anybody else wants to give it a try, hey, you know, Godspeed and whatever. Well, meet somebody else. <laughs> 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 um, not long after, I think maybe about Probably about a month ago, I got really serious where I started having discussions with Trev. It's like, just before we went to Florida, I said, you know, what are you doing when you come back from Florida? Want to do something really crazy? And it, it like, of course, Trev being as insane as me, he said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the idea was born and then um, I figured uh, at the same time, we could kind of maybe co-opt it into a little idea to, to do some promotion with the company for um, the Fast EV wheels and of course our, our Vice President of, uh, of Sales and Marketing, Marc Andre, absolutely loved the idea. He says, yeah, 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 it'd be great you know, for us to, to do a little shout out on that line. So he wound up backing us up on the whole trip and helping us out with the costs and everything which was really nice and he, he made us some really swell swag for the project, wait till you see the jackets and the beanies and the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we managed to put it all together. It was very kind of last minute on my end, because I was in terrible shape all the way through Florida, and I still haven't beat whatever virus thing, mutation this is. Don't was call on, it I'm a virus, around. Jesus. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, in any case, uh, the, the, the short story is um, we decided to go for it. So uh, we got Magneto all wrapped up with some cool graphics. We're calling the whole thing the Fast EV Lightning Run. So uh, as you'll see, maybe in post, uh, Trev, you can throw some oh, pictures, pictures up. I've got up right there. now. There you go. Nice. Sir, so there's
0: Ian Carr. Ian's car all wrapped up, ready to go.
3: That's and, it.
0: Uh, this, this is the map. This is the route we're taking exclusively on the uh, Canadian Supercharger Trans-Canada
3: Network. We'll stay in. Probably.
0: 35 Superchargers or so. How many Wednesday. miles?
3: Uh, <laughs> it is 5,940 <laughs> miles. So give or take about 4,000 miles. <laughs> In the Bajon, no. That's one on, way. But but that's right, one Non-stop.
1: Go they don't live on the coast. They have to then drive from where they're at to a coastal city and yeah. then make the trip.
0: That is yeah. exactly what Ian is doing right now.
1: That
3: is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So I, I left Montreal yesterday <laughs> morning at, at 6 a.m., <laughs> and I made it as far as um, White River, Ontario, which is about 1,300 kilometers away. So you're going
1: all the way out west to Vancouver and then making yeah. the trip back east? correct you're <laughs> a maniac man i know that, that he
3: that loves is, to drive <laughs> yeah look man you're talking to a guy that's so, got a seven minute commute to work you know how bad i'm jonesing at the end of the day to put some miles in <laughs> this car so, this, <laughs> hey, this i went for driving my while. car with no reason yeah, I mean, to just
1: pour it i'll put the mileage on for damn sure
2: i'll take that offer <laughs> so trevor how are your, how is this coming together how are you joining
0: so what's going to happen is uh, on Friday, I'm going to drive my car to Montreal, and I'm going to fly out on Saturday to Vancouver, meet up with Ian, and then we're going to go coast to coast, and then we're going to drive back to Montreal, and then from there I got my car to drive home so he doesn't have to drop me off.
2: And yeah, where where is all of this going to be contained? Is it going to be post it on Twitter? Is it YouTube? Where can everyone find all this? So
0: I'm hoping if I have internet connectivity, that will behave, hopefully do a daily vlog on the YouTube channel. Uh, But a lot of it will be on social media. So be mostly on Twitter, maybe a little bit of Facebook, but you know how I feel about Facebook. But um, yeah, uh, on Twitter, um, I've reached out with a press release to a bunch of different news organizations on both coasts. Uh, so hopefully they'll uh, they'll reach out. Uh, but yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, the official account for Fast EVs is Fast Wheels. Uh, what is it here? Fast Wheels Alloy? No, what is it here? Well, Fast Wheels no, Alloy.ca. Canada. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fastwheels.ca <coughs> is the website. And from there, you can get our social media links. So uh, Miranda, who's in charge of our social media program in marketing, is going to be taking everything we put and also throwing it out on Facebook. So if you follow Fast Wheels on Facebook...
0: Excellent. That's the best way to do it. Sure.
3: Yeah, exactly. So for all you Facebook fans, uh, follow the Fast Wheels Facebook. You'll get all of the, the live updates happening through there. There'll be showers uh,
1: involved or we'll be just using wet naps to clean yourselves like a sponge bath. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll be like, we'll do the astronaut <laughs> thing and sponge bath each other. <laughs> There we go. Ian, Ian and f- I are very good friends. <laughs> yes. We'll see how the relationship tolerates this by the yeah. end. If we we're getting the fist I, fight I, midway I, through. I, I don't
2: ask, know.
1: <laughs> all of humanity, don't live stream that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Thanks. We have <laughs> lots <laughs> of audiobooks.
0: <laughs> we have lots of podcasts to listen yeah. to. Uh, there'll be lots of discussion and stuff. But yeah, you can follow us on social media. We'll be uh, doing some live, live streaming, some periscopes and stuff. So like, do and you or...
1: hope to make the entire drive in under 60 hours?
0: No, 60 that, is not possible. No.
3: It, okay. I did it a, var- a bunch of different ways. A, a better route planner says under ideal conditions, and this is factoring in winter temperatures and winter consumption, it's mm-hmm. theoretically possible to do it in 67 hours. Okay. But my, my experience from charging, yes? Yeah, that's that's including all of the recharge because the charging is unbelievably fast. All of those mm-hmm. new chargers, basically all 25 new chargers that have been put in the center of the country, 100% V3. Nice. So, wow. Oh, they're rocking. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm now in... Ian was sending now, me
0: pictures. Yeah. You wouldn't believe what he was getting.
3: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, oh, I'd plug in like over 200 kilowatts every single time. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, this is on the, the trip coming out here. Um, so you that imagine
2: part...
1: Imagine you plug in. You're like, I have to go to the bathroom. And then you and in like two seconds, okay, we're dude, done.
3: For real. <laughs> for real. Especially like if, if you had to cross the street to get to the facilities or whatever, you literally ran. Got your stuff, whatever, because the other thing, too, is um, the, the vast majority of the sites are only about 100 to 150 kilometers apart. So you're talking between 60 and 100 miles. So you can do this rapid fire sequence of charges where you're only charging five to 10 minutes. You're run, You know, and it's always you're always running in that zero to 50 percent right. lower part of the battery, where it just Which charges, charges
0: super fast.
3: So your downtime is like nothing. You're just go, 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 go. Apparently,
1: telling us earlier in the show that you were, you know, your speeds were insanely nuts because in the time you're making up, you're maybe just charging for five minutes longer. So ideally why yeah. would you not?
2: Right.
3: And, and to tell, to show you how fast this is now, I can basically plug the route into Waze, mm-hmm. leave home and Waze just assumes I'm driving a gas car. It doesn't calculate any downtime for charging yeah. or anything. Right. I can keep that pace stopping to charge once an hour you'll beat ways yeah just because i'm driving you know a little over the speed limit but but if you drive enough a little
0: over the limit
3: limit. (laughs) no you're not you're speeding no but but the (laughs) thing is you you can you can burn kilowatts like there's no tomorrow because they're so they get replaced so fast at the charger you literally can't drive fast enough to to outrun the charging speed
1: once you've already preconditioned the car you know it's
3: easy peasy. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, yeah, yeah. speaking yeah, yeah. of which, lesson a lesson for you all. When I uh, I stopped last night <laughs> in White River, it was minus twenty two Celsius when I went to sleep, and I was so excited to get there. So I arrived with about twenty four percent battery left, and I said, "That's plenty." There's a charger. There's a supercharger right next really? to the hotel. You
0: percent when you woke up? Yeah. That's minus seven point six Fahrenheit.
3: Yeah. So. Of course, I went to sleep, and the car lost about <laughs> the, the car lost about six percent overnight from, from okay. sitting there, which was was reasonable. Mm-hmm. The problem is, it was a block of ice. I mean, I had like you know a little bit of battery and a big section of blue on the screen, Snowflake. and yeah, so I figured, oh no problem, I'll plug into the V three charger, and after a few minutes, it'll warm up, and you know, I'll get my mega charging rate, and I'll yeah. be off. No, that doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter. How long you have been charging? And trust me, I tried all six stalls. I tried running the car up and down the street, doing like zero to 60 launches to warm the battery. I tried everything known to man. You think I could get a hair over 60 kilowatts out of any of them? No. So that's why I'm late to the show. I calculated that I would have been out of there in 15 minutes. It took me an hour to charge this morning before I came oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So word to the wise. If you're traveling like this in cold weather, no matter how exhausted you are, go and charge your car. At the supercharger um, before you enter the hotel, and that way you can just precondition, you know, the next morning and be on your You've got merry a good way. Good buffer. Yeah. Well, we're getting yeah.
1: a cold front here uh, in my area. It's oh, be- shut two <laughs> oh, shut up! this weekend.
0: Oh, shut up! Sorry. Actually, Ian sent me a picture this morning. It was actually minus twenty-seven. Is that right?
3: That was the coldest. That actually is that once I hit the road. Oh, that's yeah, my, like
1: December of 2017, kind of weird? cold if, when my if, pipes if take, froze in the house. If, if, you take, if it's not negative, if it's like 27 centigrade on the on the other side, that's ide- Like you know, close to ideal temperature you want.
0: That's that's minus 17 Fahrenheit yeah. for those of you not on the metric system. To give
3: you to give you an idea, at the speeds I, out, at, <laughs> at the speeds I was traveling at, I was pulling 300 watt hours uh, per kilometer, not per mile, per kilometer. Oh. So you're you're talking close to 450 per mile. I was pulling. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was it was mental. But the V3 yeah.
0: makes up for it. It so. does.
3: It's it's plug it, bing, done. You charge, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, I just I want to complete the whole thing by saying first of all, anybody out in the West Coast, if you're anywhere in the Greater Vancouver area, and you'd like to come out and see us off, we're gonna do two things on um, Saturday night. I, I travel definitely be at the hotel. We're in yeah. um, an area called Tswassen, I think is how you pronounce it. Tswassen. T. W. Exactly. Yeah. that's it. So,
0: that's where and, the first supercharger, the lowest first supercharger correct. on the mainland, is.
3: Hmm. So that's it. So we're going to be staying in that area. So on Saturday night, I hope to be in there uh, sometime late afternoon, and um, we'll we'll try and make the arrangements um, to, tomorrow, and we'll tweet it out. But we'd like to have uh, a group dinner for anybody in the community, any friends, family, anybody who's interested in joining us. We'd love to see you. Yep. So if you can respond Enjoy. to us on Twitter and let us know that you're interested, either to Trevor or myself, and we can get a little list going to give us an idea of the size of the group. And then um, there's a shopping center there called uh, Sassen Mills mills and that's yeah. yeah that's got a couple of nice restaurants in it so we'll we'll pick one of those and uh, maybe around 6 p.m. on saturday night we'll have a little get together for dinner we can have a, a fun time with all our yep. friends out in, uh, in, uh, and then you
0: can see us off the next morning when we when we
3: leave correct the plan there is um, <laughs> that that same shopping center uh Tawasin mills twas and I'm, I'm just completely destroying yeah, i'm sorry i no can't pronounce it either exactly <laughs> total apologies so, yeah, at that first supercharger, uh, the next morning, we're going to get together at 9 a.m. So, again, anybody wants to come down, join us for some coffees at 9 a.m. To, to top up the car. And then the plan is probably around a quarter to ten, we're going to drive down to the water. You're only about two, three minutes away from, from the, the shore of the Pacific there. You're right on the edge at Delta. And we'll, uh, we have a little ceremony we're going to do before we get in the car. And um, then at 10 a.m. sharp, we hop in, and it's eastbound and down, baby. Hopefully 3 days Amazing. later is the plan. Hopefully a little 3 days maybe a little more we'll be in Halifax. We will we'll, we will we'll do be another twe- party
0: there. Yeah, we will be uh, tweeting our progress as we go. So if anybody wants to meet us at the Superchargers, you're welcome yeah. to come. Uh, keep in mind that our time we have a time crunch, so we can't, you know, stay any longer than we have to I be on charging. Okay.
3: Literally, um, V 3s It's they're, they're like ten to fifteen minute stops. Yeah, it's enough so, to at least come out, say hi, get some pictures, do something cool. I, uh, you know, I do
0: plan on having the Glimpse app on my phone, so you'll be able to watch our live progress as we go. We will be running stopwatches, um, so that we'll have an accurate timestamp as to when we get there. And uh, yeah, as we go, and then of course um, Halifax. I mean, if you're on the East Coast, come and see us yeah. when we uh,
2: when we finish up. Yeah, that's this is what amazing. Guys. This is really. I mean, if anyone thinks that they've driven a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like you know, here in, in, in the US when you think of coast to coast is nowhere near over five thousand um
0: Canada's pretty big.
2: Yeah. So then, a, a third of the
3: country well, is Ontario. I, I mean I yeah. left yesterday morning, yeah. okay, at six AM, and I didn't get out of Ontario until about four hours ago. It's more than two thousand kilometers wide. I mean it's 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 a third of the country. It's it I, I remember
1: graphic on the internet, which I'm sure is not hard to find where there were two lines on an x and y axis. So on the x axis, which was really, really low, like right north of the US Canada border, was saying 50% of the Canadian population lives below this line. And you're seeing all of Canada, so it's this huge swath of land and like a sliver just all like fifty percent of the folks live down here, and it's then
3: too
1: they hold <laughs> the yeah we' we're, we're
3: all stuck up in the border trying to get right, some heat. and there was the y
1: axis, which was more towards the east, and they're saying, and fifty percent of the people live. To the right of this line, so you can imagine just how concentrated it is in like Quebec and 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 Ontario and all that stuff. So it is it is crazy crazy how massive Canada is, but really how concentrated the populace is. I mean, there are folks out west in, in British Columbia going, "Hi, don't forget we're here." And then you know you're leaving, you're driving to Saskatchewan, and people are like, what "The hell is here?" Log cabins. There's more you know caribou than there is certain people. I will say, I'm really looking
0: forward to seeing the West Coast again. BC is. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. No wonder so many people want to live there. We call it "bring cash" because it's so expensive to live there. <laughs> yeah, but you know that. in the Rockies.
1: Of, uh, a lot of U.S. Uh, television studios do production. Oh yeah, oh on. yeah.
3: Next one. I'm I'm excited to see the whole thing. You know, like I'm a really I, I, I'm with you, Canadian. Ian. I've, I, 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 I just haven't seen, you know, I've seen the Maritimes. And I've, I've seen, you know, British Columbia and parts of Quebec. And I, the whole middle of the country to me is the attraction. Like, either, is, is there a way for you guys like to create that running clock right? somewhere?
1: So people can track from the moment you start just how many, how much has elapsed since you've started? Well, we'll have the stopwatches on each one of their phones. We'll start it at the
0: same time. Right. We'll keep yeah. it running.
1: Not paying yeah. attention to my question. I'm asking for people to go to social media and
0: find out where the hell you are. Yes, uh, we're we're going to use the Glimpse app, which is an app yeah. you run on your phone and it does live tracking. But I'm saying yeah.
1: we'll be able to see like how like from like from 10 o'clock on Saturday, like how long you've been driving. So yeah. if they go if they, if they check on the site on Sunday at
3: 2 p.m., cool. can they see how long you've been driving for the whole time? Yeah. Okay, that's well, it, but it would be a simple calculation. Basically, we're never going to stop driving. There's there's Don't no
1: stops in the math. Day. People, listen. People can't do math you know anymore. Okay. He's, He's doing most talk, of the drive. I am
0: the release
3: the
1: show in <laughs> kilometers, and people are going, guys, can you just tell me what the temperature is? Because I don't want to do the math right now. I'm not. I know in- it's probably,
2: it's probably a little <laughs> too late for this, but I, I wonder if this would be an opportunity for uh, a world record. I looked into that.
0: Unfortunately, without much, much notice, you have to pay major Bucazoids, uh yep, to they're... be able to be considered. Yes. Um, and, and the time crunch we're under right now, there, there's no way we could get under yeah. that. I mean, I, I thought about that, but somebody yeah. will break it. You need several weeks of lead time to do that. So. Well, sixteen un- weeks. Uh.
3: Unofficially, I don't know anybody who's done a nonstop 6,000 kilometer EV drive. I mean, and I, I, you know, internet, connect me if I'm wrong, but I don't know anybody who's done more than 4,000 mm. miles, continuous driving charge, drive charge, drive charge, drive charge. So, In and of itself, it'll be unofficial. It's a a toll on the
1: human body. I mean, uh, it'd be one thing if you're making this trip with another person or a third person in your car. It's a whole different story taking the trip by yourself. And I know I've driven from California to Florida in under three days' time. That was hard because I'm sleeping maybe an hour or two and then continuing to drive. it's It's not an easy thing to do for sure.
0: And I don't sleep very well in a car. So this is going to be
1: a A real experience for me. Trevor, I think
3: by day three, he's going to be more than a little cranky. This should be interesting. (laughs) I've heard the shoulder holds
1: up. Trevor drove down from Canada for the show uh, when we did our show down here in Florida. We went to uh, Universal Studios the very next morning. So he drove up from Hollywood to my place in West Palm Beach, and then I drove the rest away from Orlando. And damn it, the man could not sleep in my car. He's he's literally a zombie, just like he's dented the world. And he's like, I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I my just, wife uh, has okay. packed some
0: very good drugs, and I have a mask and ear and earplugs. I mean, yeah. anyways, I'm not we're gonna get it all set up, man. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so anyways, that's the plan. Follow us on social media. We're starting luck, on guys. Sunday, but uh, Saturday night, yeah, we're going to have a dinner and stuff. So make sure you and follow means, us. And that means that we're showing next week. Yes. Yeah, we won't be doing a show next week for obvious reasons. All right, Raj, since you were the guest this evening, um, is your opportunity to shine. Tell people where they can find you. Whatever you want to plug, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, mainly you can find me on Twitter, uh, Tesla underscore Raj on youtube we're making uh you know educational videos or fun videos uh that's tesla raj um yes instagram tesla underscore raj yeah anywhere you look up tesla raj it's the logo you'll of the find steering it wheel. You'll find me. well links will be in the show
0: description as usual thanks buddy yeah. for joining us we always enjoy having you on love being on all right ian since you probably want to go to bed soon why don't you do the honors next for yourself
3: so uh on Twitter uh, at Ian Pavelko and Tesla Owners Online, you can find me under the handle Mad Hungarian. And then if you're looking for um, something in the Evolve Wear line of um, Tesla Team T-shirts, then uh, you can go to Teespring, T-E-Spring, all one word, dot com, and just look uh, in the search tool for Mad Hungarian Evolve Wear, where you will find my Evolve Wear shirts.
0: Excellent.
1: Last but not least, Mr. Camacho, nice and easy. You guys can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX, E-C-F-I-X. And if you're interested in buying a Tesla or you want to get solar installation, all of our links will be down in the description for the podcast. But please uh, only use mine. Uh, my uh, <laughs> my my code is Eric nine five four nine seven. That's E-R-I-C nine five four nine seven. Use that when you get your car or when you get solar installation Helps you, helps me. We get mileage, credits, whatever it is. And also, it's a really, really big push this year for solar credits. So please, if you want to help the environment, do your part. If you can get solar, do get solar. And use ERIC95497 uh, when you make your order through Tesla.
0: That's right. Follow that man. Um, as usual, links for everything we've talked about tonight and everybody here online will be in the show in the video description. You can follow me on Twitter, very active. The handles Model 3 Owners. You can also search for Tesla Owners online. You can find me there. Uh, check out the forum. we got uh, awesome discussions. Uh, closing in on 40,000 members now. TeslaOwnersOnline.com. Nice. Got lots of uh, great sponsors on there. Speaking of which, I want to say thank you to our friends at Doolaban Insurance, Ceramic Coatings um, from the guys at Fine Lab, and uh, last but not least, our great friends at Evanex. Uh, put a great show on there a couple of weeks ago, EVs and t in Miami. So I want to say thank you to our sponsors who make this Happen And um, yeah, that's about it. So that's it for tonight. Again, we're not going to have a show next week. We're going to skip next week because Mr. Madman and I are doing something crazy. And uh, we'll see you uh, the following week. Thanks for watching, guys, and we'll catch you in the next one. one we'll more, see you later. One, one, oh, yes,
3: one Ian, one more? One more just one, one more um i just forgot uh, i'm going to be in um, the service center uh, the tesla service center in calgary at 8:30 a.m. on friday just giving the Ooh. car a lot, one last once over so anybody in the calgary area if you want to come down and say hello and share a coffee whatever and hang out that would be awesome so any of the calgary peeps if you want to come down and you hear the show in time uh 8:30 <laughs> on friday a.m. i will be there
0: make sure you tweet it out and I'll retweet it and get you some action. yeah i
3: will I'll, yeah. i i definitely will
0: okay Well, sounds good. Thanks for joining in, folks, and we'll see you in the next one. We'll see you next time.
3: Thanks for watching. Bonsoir, tout le monde. Bye.
2: See you.